Hello and welcome to this new episode. Today I want to talk to you about books and reading. I'm just going to simply go through what I'm reading right now, what I've recently read and also a few books that I hope to read. So get cosy and let me talk to you and rant to you about books. The best things in the world books. This is a kind of special breakthrough episode because guess where I am? I'm not in the usual podcasting room. I'm not on a walk. It probably is quite quiet in the background. I am sitting in my sitting room downstairs in my house and it is so cosy. I have got some fairy lights on. I'm surrounded by pumpkins. I've got a little aroma diffuser with neroli oil in it. I've got my little lamps on. Christmas, not Christmas. Um, Halloween decorations are up and I'm just sitting here all cuddled up ready to talk to you. I have no idea why I've never brought the microphone down here. Don't know why that didn't even go through my head but it's just so cosy and I love podcasting down here so this might be my new podcasting spot if, 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 big if I actually manage to um, plug the wires in the right place. My boyfriend, who deals with all that techie stuff, is at work right now, so fingers crossed I'm doing this right. If you're hearing this podcast, yay for me, because I did the wires right. So anyway, enough rambling, let's get into the book talk. I'm going to start with what I'm reading currently, and that is The Lovely Bones. You might have heard of it. I have actually watched the film before, and I really enjoyed the film, although it was super sad. So when I saw the book at a charity shop, I was just like, why not? It was a great film. Let's just go for it. I'm always up for a thriller, dark, sad, upsetting story. And it was actually, I think it was five books for a pound at this charity shop. So had to get it. And definitely going back to that charity shop again. Now with each book on my list today, I'm going to give you a little summary So here's the Lovely Bones summary, obviously no spoilers to any of these books, just to give you an idea of what the books are about. I also just want to jump in, little trigger warning for horrible stuff happening, essay, um, even in this description. So yeah, skip like 15 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear the description. The Lovely Bones is a story of a teenage girl who, after being raped and murdered, watches from her personal heaven as her family and friends struggle to move on with their lives while she comes to term with her own death. So, as I mentioned, a very heavy book. Now, I can't comment much on this book so far because I'm only 24 pages in, but I'm already finding it really easy to read and, I don't know, just really kind of engaging, you know, when you get that little tingle and you think, I'm not going to be able to put this book down. So yeah, I'm excited to see how that book turns out and to see how I enjoy it. So prior to reading The Lovely Bones, at the start of the week I actually read Snowblind by Jonasson Ragnar. It might also be Jonasson, um, he's a Icelandic author and this is a kind of crime fiction, police, crimey, dark thriller set in Iceland. Let me read you the little description here. Again, trigger warning. A murder takes place in the isolated Icelandic town of Siglafjordur, where an avalanche has cut off all communication and the unrelenting snow threatens rookie police officer Ari Thor Arison's first investigation. 
Now, this book, I gave a three out of five. I really enjoyed it. It was really dark. Love the setting of Iceland. I love the descriptions of the landscape and the mountains surrounding the town and this kind of perpetual darkness um, and the seasons changing and the snow. It was just a really great atmosphere and like great setting for a crime thriller. The story was really cool as well and really enjoyable. Um, I really liked the main character, Ali Thor, the police officer that you follow. Um, But towards the end, the story just kind of got so mixed up for me. And I think that's on me. That's a me problem. I felt like personally, I couldn't grasp what was going on. There were all these new names and crossed lines and all these overlapping stories. And it just became a little bit too complicated for me to fully enjoy it. But like I say, that's a me problem. And that's why I gave this book a three out of five. I will say Snowblind is part of a series. So there's three books in total and I would still give the other two books a chance. So yeah, I did enjoy this book and I would like to continue on with the series. Now, before that, I read A Stolen Life by J.C. Dugard, which is actually a memoir. um, So it's nonfiction. And J.C. Dugard was a kidnapping victim. So let me read the little synopsis here for you. A Stolen Life is a true crime memoir by American kidnapping victim J.C. Lee Dugard about the 18 years she spent in captivity in an unincorporated area in California. The memoir dissects what she did to survive and cope mentally with extreme abuse. Major trigger warning for this book. One day I'm going to do a podcast about like nice happy books but today is not the day and what I don't know there's no words for the horrors that JC Dugard experienced her captors were just the most revolting disgusting um depraved people and the things she had to go through for those 18 years it's just unimaginable to imagine someone in that situation like yeah I can't comprehend it the memoir is written very simply which Some people have criticised, and I think that's really unfair. JC was kidnapped um, when she was 11, so she missed out on all that schooling. So consequently, the book is... I mean, it's straightforward. Like, the sentences are maybe more simple than you'd expect from someone her age who wasn't in captivity. And I just think people criticising that is not fair at all. She's been through so much... And even just to allow us this glimpse into her history is, it's an honour really. And I don't feel like people should criticise, you know, the way she chooses to write. The book is really challenging at points and it's painful to read JC's words. But it's also, like I say, such an honour and a privilege to be able to read her experiences. And her ability to just stay hopeful and have that little kind of light inside her and the fact that she was reunited with her family and her mum particularly after 18 years is just incredible so yeah a very dark hard book to read but as far as memoirs go and non-fiction goes I think it's a fantastic book I gave that book a four out of five and That was only because compared to the other books that I've really enjoyed this year and given five out of five, it didn't quite reach there for me. 
But that's nothing to do with JC's writing at all. It was still just, yeah, a really brilliant, brilliant memoir. So just a bit of info here. The reason why I'm reading all these dark books is because I found all these book lists on Goodreads. If you don't know, I love Goodreads. It's a reading app. It's amazing. And I found these lists of dark books, creepy books, most disturbing books. And I just thought, do you know what? It's that time of year and I'm just going to go for it. And after a little life, I'm just like, nothing can hurt me as much as that. Well, the next book almost did. So please prepare yourselves for this. It is incredibly dark. Please do not look this book up if you can't face it. Trigger warning for everything ever. So I read Notice by Heather Lewis. I'm just going to read the synopsis here. She was raised by a wealthy family in an American suburb. As a young adult, she starts to turn tricks in the parking lot of her local bar. When a man takes her home to meet his wife, she stays and becomes hopelessly drawn into their dangerous web, eventually ending up in more trouble than she ever bargained for. This book is just dark beyond words. It is just full of depravity and abuse and assault. And when you read about the author, Heather Lewis, she also had so much sadness in her life um, and ended up committing suicide really tragically. And yeah, I don't have words for this book. I found it incredibly challenging, but I also wanted to read it because Heather Lewis is a really interesting writer. Um, but But yeah, there's no ways... I can describe this here to you without being incredibly triggering and explicit. I wouldn't recommend anyone reads this book. Um, Parts of me wish, I don't know, I kind of wish I didn't read this book because it really, really brought me down and made me feel a lot of bad things. So yeah, I don't know what else to say. I gave notice um, three out of five and it was really hard to rate so I just picked three because I couldn't give it a five. Four kind of implies that I enjoyed it and I I didn't. Um, And three is basically for the way it is written. The way Heather Lewis writes is just, oh, I don't know, it's beautiful, but it's so dark. So it's this kind of contradiction between her writing and the story. And it just feels like it comes from Um, reality it feels like it comes from a place of a memory that this isn't complete fiction so yeah I will leave you with that thought on notice by Heather Lewis something a little bit lighter now the glass house by Eve Chase so this is what I would call kind of like a holiday book like a book you can read and relax and even though it is really a thriller and a kind of mystery Um, and there are some really dark and spooky parts. It's an easy read, and yeah, there's not much to it for me personally. I didn't really connect with the story, but it was still enjoyable in its own way, so I did give it a three out of five stars. I'm going to read the synopsis here for you. Outside a remote manor house in an idyllic wood, a baby girl is found. The Harrington family takes her in, and disbelief quickly turns to joy. They're grieving a terrible tragedy of their own and the beautiful baby fills them with hope, lighting up the house's dark, dusty corners. 
Desperate not to lose her to the authorities, they keep her secret, suspended in a blissful summer world where normal rules of behaviour and the law don't seem to apply. But within days, a body will lie dead in the grounds and their dreams of a perfect family will shatter like glass. Years later, the truth will need to be put back together again, piece by piece. So yeah, it's an easy read. I don't really have much more to say on this, which I know is probably disappointing, but it just wasn't that deep for me. But it was it was all right. It entertained me for a couple of days. So yeah, kind of a thumbs up. The next book I want to talk about is The Silent Patient by Alex Michalidis. Now, I recognise this name straight away. If you're Greek or Greek Cypriot, you just know another Greek when you see one. So I was really excited to read something by a Cypriot author. I also saw that this was so highly rated. On Goodreads, it has 4.17 out of 5. Most books on Goodreads kind of sit at like three and a half stars so I thought okay that sounds good and everyone was talking about this major twist and how it was so shocking and they couldn't stop reading it but I just wasn't feeling it and you know when sometimes you feel bad because everyone is enjoying something and you just don't get it and don't connect with that book or film Uh, yeah this one wasn't for me and that's why I rated it two out of five stars The Silent Patient is a shocking psychological thriller of a woman's act of violence against her husband and of the therapist obsessed with uncovering her motive. I found it really repetitive. I found the twist boring and predictable. I found the female character really kind of underwhelming and not rounded out, you know, kind of a bit bare. Ugh, I don't know. It just wasn't the one for me. It was supposed to be like this cool thriller that shocked and and was really dark, but yeah, no. Now, from one end of the scale to the next, The Silent Patient didn't do it for me, but before that, I read Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn, and I love this book. I loved it. Everything about it. Sharp Objects follows Camille Preka, a newspaper journalist who must return to her hometown to report on a series of brutal murders. I'm not going to say any more, I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but let me tell you. This is a book that I have constantly seen on lists and people's to read or read lists and I've just thought, ugh, I don't know if I can be bothered. I don't know why, there was something about the cover maybe, there was something about the name, I don't know, I just... I thought I would never read it, it's just one of those books you keep seeing and I think, yeah, it's not for me. But one night I was up late, I started reading it, I could not stop. It was thrilling, it is a true thriller. Did not expect the twists and turns, did not expect the characters to be, oh, I don't know, like the scenes, the characters, everything was just gorgeous and dark and it's set in a small town so you have like this small town vibe a crime vibe in a small town. That is just me all over. Love that so much. I like how complicated the characters are. I like how there is this discord and this off feeling throughout. Um, Camille's mother particularly. And, oh, I don't know. It just, I could visualise everything. That's quite a rare occurrence for me. But with this, I could see these characters and these plot twists in my head and I could see the environment 
and it was just so descriptive, beautifully descriptive, beautifully written. Um, and actually, since reading this, I'm more enthusiastic about reading Gillian Flynn's other books, Gone Girl, loved the film, never read the book, and also Dark Places, um, which I'd also really like to read now. So yeah, maybe my best book of the year so far. Absolutely loved Sharp Objects. Five out of five. Amazing, 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 amazing. Please read it. So onto something a bit different here. Um, major trigger warnings again for this. I'm sorry. My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. I don't know about you, but I have been spending way too much time on TikTok recently. And I see this book a lot on there um, as a kind of like very disturbing books. Don't read this. So I had to read it, of course. It can be summarised in one line that I've got here. Exploring the psychological dynamics of the relationship between a precocious yet naive teenage girl and her magnetic and manipulative teacher. This book is not at all um, encouraging those kind of relationships. In fact, I think it kind of lays bare the idea of like grooming and manipulation and big age gaps like that and inappropriate and illegal relationships. Of course, the law doesn't actually define what is an inappropriate relationship, but you know what I mean. This kind of, oh, I don't know, toxic um, just abusive, violent, in so many ways, relationship um, between a man in power, an older man, and a young girl who is vulnerable. I think there are many parts in this that women will be able to kind of connect with directly. I'm saying that as a woman myself, that's how I felt about some parts of it. And it's just full of trauma and this kind of looking back at the past and maybe a romanticisation and being under the control of someone and this kind of Stockholm Syndrome and all these confused feelings and also a bit of this kind of uh, Me Too movement and abusers being called out and the consequences and everything like that. It is just a very, hmm, disturbing is the word very disturbing, very, I think a very brave book to talk about this thing and, and really lay bare how disgusting and harmful these kind of relationships are. I will say I gave this four out of five stars. I enjoyed it in a challenging way. Um, it, I don't know, it gave me a lot to think about, but I'm not sure I would recommend this to anyone because it's a difficult read. But yeah, I did enjoy it, if enjoy is even the word, but you know what I mean. So as for books I really like to read, number one on that list is The Island of Missing Trees by Elif Shafak. So as you know, I'm half Cypriot and I have such a connection to Cyprus and I'm very proud of my heritage and my history and my ancestors there. And I was so delighted to hear that this book has just come out. Um, or recently came out and it's about Cyprus like any kind of exploration into Cyprus even in a sort of semi-fictional sense just makes me so proud and so excited. The Island of Missing Trees is a rich magical tale of belonging and identity, love and trauma, nature and renewal 
and it's a story of a Turkish Cypriot teenager and a Greek Cypriot teenager. And yeah, I am so excited to read this book. Cyprus stories and Cyprus histories don't get much exposure, especially not in the UK, and it just makes me really proud to see that this book exists. Um, I actually tried to read it the other day and I just couldn't. I couldn't because I started it and it reminded me of Cyprus so much and Cyprus is so heavy with trauma and this kind of, um, I don't know, generational trauma and there's so much in the soil there. I don't know, you can feel it. You can feel all this pain from both sides. So yeah, this is going to be a challenge for me, but I'm also really happy about it. I just actually want to read you the bit of the book I did read. This made me cry. If you know Cyprus, if you are Cypria, you will know this. Here is how I remember it. Golden beaches, turquoise waters, lucid skies. Every year, sea turtles would come ashore to lay their eggs in the powdery sand. The late afternoon wind brought along the scent of gardenia, cyclamen, lavender, honeysuckle. Branching ropes of wisteria climbed up whitewashed walls, aspiring to reach the clouds hopeful in the way only dreamers are. When the night kissed your skin, as it always did, you could smell the jasmine on its breath. The moon, here closer to earth, hung bright and gentle over the rooftops, casting a vivid glow on the narrow alleys and cobblestone streets, and yet shadows found a way to creep through the light. Whispers of distrust and conspiracy rippled in the dark, for the island was riven in two pieces, the north and the south, a different language, a different script, a different memory prevailed in each, and when they prayed, the islanders, it was seldom to the same god. After that, I would love to read Romeo and Juliet by, of course, William Shakespeare. I loved the film Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Love it, one of my favourite films of all time. And I just really want to read the book version. I tried to a few years ago and we did read it at school, sort of, but that's definitely on my list. Now, I've been speaking about books for about half an hour now. God knows how long this podcast will be, but that is all. I hope you enjoyed this little chat or long chat. It's always lovely to hear your feedback on these episodes. So if you did get to the end and you did enjoy it, do let me know. And I promise to keep making these episodes because they make me so very happy and it just makes my heart scream with joy that you even listen to this so thank you seriously it was lovely to speak to you today and i'll be back soon bye bye for now <laughs>